Welcome back to our first episode of Climeversations for the 2022-23 school year. I'm Monica and I'm your host on this podcast. Today I welcome Heidi Sebrin, who's our new principal at Mueller Elementary, to this episode to chat about being a new leader, empowering the people she serves, how to stay poised under pressure, and keeping a pulse on organizations when being a leader. Let's take a listen now. Hi, Heidi. Welcome to the podcast. I'm glad to be here. I know. We're so excited to have one of our new leaders in Klein ISD. So we're going to jump right into questions just about leadership, your journey, how you got here. So when you're thinking about your transition from being a previous assistant principal and now you're a new principal for the 22-23 school year, what has been the biggest surprise or part of the job that is different from what you did before? I think the biggest thing that's different is that I'm not in charge of all of the things anymore that I used to be in charge of. So all of the, the testing and the calendars and the, the sending out information to teachers in that capacity is very different than what I'm doing now. I'm more of the liaison with parents Mm -hmm. and working with the PTO and the community and bridging all of those um, communities together and really supporting teachers and being the overall global picture for the yeah. campus. Whereas before I was more of the the workhorse and the the doer of it. And now I'm more the visionary piece of it and coming up with the ideas and then getting them done. So I think that's been the biggest <laughs> mind shift for me is moving yeah. from the workhorse person to the, okay, let's come up with the great ideas and get everybody together. I think you hit such a good point that like when you promote, you can't have your hands in everything as much as you did before. I think everybody probably has some kind of level of struggle with that. And when you're talking about distributing leadership amongst your leadership team and delegating more, like what's been the best, what's the best part of advice that you would have for someone who's currently in one position will promote in the future on how to delegate and let that go while also having a a pulse on what's happening in their role and their organization. So I think the most important thing is getting to know your people and on your team and figuring out what their strengths are and seeing how you can help support and grow their areas of strength and then their areas that need support and that growth piece. And so I sat down with every staff member when I took over the campus and did a one-on-one to really just get a read on who they were and what their strengths were, what things they were excited about, kind of where they wanted to go in their educational journey. And I met with everybody from my leadership team all the way down to my custodial staff. Where do you want to go? What are you looking for next? Um, What are your next steps? But then when I'm looking at forming these teams on my campus to work with our PTO and working to support our campus improvement plan, and I'm putting all these things together, I have now met with everybody to see where their strengths are, what they want to do. I have some uh, ladies who sat down and said, I only want to be a teacher. That is all I ever want to do, but I will be the best at what I'm doing. And then I have some who are like, I want to move into mm-hmm. a leadership position sometime. And so looking at how can I help grow and support what they're doing. And so on my leadership team, I really work to sit down and say, okay, if you're my literacy specialist, you're over this, this, and this, are you confident in doing that? Do you need support in doing that? Who can I help reach out? And then every week we meet during our leadership team and really sit down and say, okay, let me know where you are. Give me an update on this. We talked about this last time. So that's kind of my way to keep my hand in it um, and do those checkpoints. And then I always ask with our different initiatives that we have on campus, how can I help as the principal to help promote it? 
Mm-hmm. And so when I meet with my reading specialist, we're working really hard on pushing Lexia and really getting Lexia going. And so I got my reading specialist and said, how can I help you really promote this for kids? So we actually get dressed up in lemur costumes and we go and celebrate <laughs> the kids down the hallway as Lexi the lemur. Yeah, and they get so excited cute. about that. And um, with my math teacher, I asked her, you know, my specialist, I said, how can I help support you and what your initiatives are? And so I reached out to teachers and teams. How can I help support you and what you're trying to do? And so um, it kind of allows me to let the specialists or the teachers have the autonomy over what they're doing in mm-hmm. their rooms, but letting them know I'm here to help keep me updated on how I can help you so that yeah. I'm still a part of it, but I'm still, you know, letting other people run it and be the delegates of it. Yeah. So. Okay. So I have two questions from things you just said, <laughs> two wonderings. So obviously we have people who listen to this podcast who are not educators, who might just be leaders in an organization. So I think all of this applies just in different mm-hmm. co- contexts. So when you are keeping a pulse on all these things and delegating and empowering your leaders and teachers and staff members to take the lead on things because you're in a different role, how do you organize it all? Because you, especially in this specific context of being a principal, there's so many responsibilities. There's so many teams and committees and people leading different initiatives within the larger initiative of being a campus that's successful and serving kids well. So do you have any like tips or techniques for how you kind of organize the chaos in other words so that you can make sure that things are getting done so that your delegation is successful so when i'm looking at all the different committees and things i have on my campus i have almost a little agendas and to-do list within each of those committees so i might have one for my impact team which is responsible for kind of delegating the information out to their team and so as i'm thinking of things and as things are coming to mind if that's part of that team i'll write it on that to-do list if it's part of my special education team, when we meet, we meet weekly now in a PLC, so I can bring information to them and we can kind of have those conversations. So I try to schedule meetings with each of my teams where I can stay up to date with them and let them know kind of the wonderings and things that are going on and any action items that need to happen. But for the most part, I will send things out in an email. Hey, impact team, here's some things that we have coming up. Let me know if you can help with this one or you're involved with this one, if it's something that I can't meet with them regularly on. But I really tried to plan where I'm in my um, PLCs with my teachers, yeah. talking to them about what's going on in teaching, what's going on um, in the district, what our initiatives are coming on and how we're tracking data. My special education team, we're meeting and talking about initiatives coming from the state, things that we need to make sure that are happening and then supporting teachers. So I try to schedule meetings where we can keep that conversation going so it's not this long agenda of to-do list things when we do eventually meet, but just making sure that that regular communication is happening so that everyone feels empowered to be able to do what they need to do. Are you one of those people that when you come in each day, you look at what you're doing, you look at the things, or are you more of a laid back type of organization? Like how would you explain your organization style? So at the end of each day, I write two lists. So I have my giant to-do list that never feels like it gets to done. It just keeps adding. Hashtag leadership. Um, those are just my like everyday honeydew housekeeping yeah. kinds of lists. And then I have my priority must happen yeah. list. And so when I leave each day, I, I look at what I had uh, completed the day before. If that was a high priority item, it goes on my like urgent list. Okay. If it was something that, you know, it's just in the background, I need to make sure I get this done within the week, I put it on my to-do list. Yeah. And so I kind of function that way. And I feel like I've had a successful day if I've marked everything off my emergency (laughs) list. Um, But obviously things come up throughout the day that kind of change and tweak that. So before I leave, I know I have to get that list done. So whether that's I have to take it during my lunchtime, I sit down and I just do a couple of things, I'll do that. Or if I need to stay after for a little bit and meet with 
a teacher or get something done, I'll do that at that time. So I have my urgent must happen list and then I have my ongoing, these are just action items that need to happen soon, but they're not yeah. crucial. I think that was the biggest part of becoming a campus administrator. Like before I felt so accomplished on my to-do list. <laughs> and then like every day when I first started, I was like, I'm never going to get through this. Am I like, this mm -hmm. is just going to keep being tacked on to the end. You said something earlier about uh, making sure that your staff members and teams and people who are in charge of initiatives on campus that they know they can promote through you. And I want to kind of talk about what that's done for them, knowing that you're here to support them, but not only support them, but to promote the things they're doing and kind of talk to me why you offer that, that specific support to your people. So promoting like activities and things yeah. in the classroom. Well, you said something earlier, like you said, you told them like, let you know, so you can promote it. Mm -hmm. So I have different teams and teachers who want to really focus on reading so many minutes a night, or they want to do so many Lexia minutes or ST math minutes, or they're working on growing their readers from a reading level to another reading level. And how can we celebrate their growth and success? And so I don't want teachers to feel like I am the sole person who is in charge of doing that. Mm -hmm. And I'm financially responsible for it. I am the person who's doing everything. I want them to know I'm here to help in any way that yeah. I can, because we may have a teacher who's doing something for their class and another teacher wants to do something similar. So if I'm promoting it for one and they come to me and say, Hey, I really like that. Can I jump in? It kind of lets it be a campus wide instead of mm -hmm. just a pocket. It gives yeah. it out to everybody. Oh, Hey, I really love that idea. That was great. And so, um, we do meet once a month in a kind of a PD setting with our, our staff and we do some professional development for them after school. But that's a time that I take things that I'm seeing in walkthroughs and through meeting with teachers. And I say, Hey, I loved how you did that. Can you please present that to the campus? Because I think that would benefit everybody. And so that's kind of how I'm growing my leaders on my campus, because I've had teachers who say, I really want to move into some kind of leadership role, but I'm not really sure mm -hmm. what I want to do. And so I give them that experience of presenting yeah. because as a teacher, when I was in the classroom, that was my number one fear was presenting in front of people. Yeah. And my principal at the time, she's like, you can do it. Just do a small one. Just do a small mm -hmm. one. I was like, okay, I can do a small one. And through that, I became a lot more comfortable with presenting yeah. and giving that information. And then through that, I started going out to find district opportunities to find that mm -hmm. way to present. And so then you kind of grow yourself through yeah. that. And so, um, but I like to promote things on campus because I think that it shows that that principal is kind of, you know, the head of the campus. Yeah. And if I'm not promoting and supporting my teachers, then it's looking like I'm not a collaborative partner. Mm -hmm. And that's something that's so big to me is being a collaborative partner yeah, with all of my that. teachers and my community and um, everything that we're trying to do as a campus. Yeah, I love that. That's great. I think you're right too. If the leader is not promoting it, if there's a bit of a disconnect, it's very clear that like you're leading, but everyone else is doing the work and there's not a lot of, there might be some silos. Mm -hmm. So I like that. Okay. We've talked a lot about the adults and empowering them <laughs> and that type of leadership, but building youth leadership is such a big part of being an educational leader. So what's your perspective on ensuring elementary school students have a way to start their leadership journeys, even at a young age? So we have, we try to find lots of opportunities. I know um, a lot of things in elementary are through teacher nomination yeah. and through teachers saying, hey, I think this would be great for you. And so we have our culture for caring committee on campus and that's our kinder through fifth grade group. And the kids get to come on and find ways to celebrate everybody in the community and on the campus. And so I think it starts that I'm part of something and it's not just in my classroom. I'm part of a bigger picture. Yeah. And so starting that 
that extrinsic kind of um, collaboration. Mm-hmm. And so it really gets the kids outside of their classroom collaborating with other kids and other grade levels and seeing, hey, you know, it's not just me in my kindergarten classroom in this school. There's fifth grade, there's third grade. Yeah. And so really allowing more um, diversity at the table yeah. and more community. It's, it's really a, it becomes more of a family unit. And so you have kids that are reading buddies in different grade levels. And so they're getting out and saying, oh, I can be a leader in this aspect. So I think it's big for our teachers to find ways to provide that leadership for kids and helping them realize their big potentials that they have. Because it's very easy for us to sit and just teach and do our thing. But looking at, we have Leadership Academy for our kids. And so teachers have to truly look for those natural born Mm -hmm. leaders. And I know I have this conversation all the time when I have kiddos come to my office, we've got to use our leadership for good. Yeah. And so if you have those leadership skills, starting to recognize them when they're in elementary school and and kind of starting that that fire for them of you could do this and you could do this and look at all these opportunities for you. I know we're looking at doing a career fair for our fifth graders and looking at the high school, bringing some CTE people over to come over and let them kind of interview them and ask these questions and empower themselves to realize that there is more to what they're doing than just sitting and learning. Yeah. I love that you said use your leadership for good because it reminds me when I taught my teenagers, I'm like, love that you have communication skills, would prefer if you don't do that. I'm trying to explain the (laughs) assignment because I used to get in trouble all the time for talking shocker alert and now it's served me well. It's just learning the boundaries of those skills and how you can use them for effective leadership. So I love that. And also none of our kids stay in the chance, right? Because I'm like, I had her, my, you know, anyways, they just, they, they'll always hear from it, from us, but I love that you are looking at the bigger picture for them and creating uh, good citizens on your campus. One of my favorite leadership qualities in the leaders that I admire is poise. Because when I think about the strong leaders who've shown poise as a teacher, when I've looked at them or in roles, I mean, we all have supervisors, but those people always seem so calming And most of the time, the poise seems to be authentic, and it just makes for a less stressful situation in an educational climate sometimes that that can become stressful. So that trait is so effective in setting the tone for the whole organization. I don't know if you've read Todd Whitaker's book. Is it 19 things effective principals do daily or something? One of the best books I've ever read. But he says, like, when the principal sneezes, the whole campus gets a cold. And it's so true. Like, when we've all worked for leaders who you're like, you know, their energy is affecting how you're feeling. And then if they freak out about things, you're like, okay, should we all be freaking out? And then vice versa, these these positive qualities too. So talk to me about how you stay poised under pressure because people are looking at you and you have over a hundred adults and there's a lot of things and a lot of hundreds of children. And talk to me how you kind of stay under, when you're under pressure, you just have this poise and control. So I always describe it as the duck. So the duck yeah. is calm across the water, but <laughs> under the water, the feet are going 100 miles yeah. an hour. And so I think that it's very important in the moment. Again, like you said, everyone's reading what your reaction mm-hmm. is. And so it's kind of like when you're a parent and your child falls, they look at you to see should they react or not. And so it's a very similar scenario yeah. when you're on a <laughs> campus, because if something's going wrong, the teachers and everybody are looking at you. And so I think it's really important to just take those deep breaths and just mm-hmm. talk through it very clearly. Um, I have been very transparent with parents on the phone sometimes if they're getting very 
amped up and I don't have quite the words to share with them. I just tell them, you know, at this point, I think we're just going to go ahead and pause this conversation and we can take five minutes and then I can give you a call back and we can regroup when we're able to come to a a understanding of listening to each other. And so I think it's something that when I first started as a baby AP, I was thinking, okay, well, I'm great at talking to parents. I talk to my kids' parents in my classroom all the time. And then you get that first phone call from a parent. You're like, oh gosh, maybe I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't stay calm. And you get really upset. And I remember being after my first parent phone call, that was really, really telling. I was, I sat in my office and I turned off my light and I said, just breathe. Don't cry. You're just not going to cry. And I remember my principal at the time came in and she said, what do you need from me? And I said, I need you to talk me through the conversation and let me know if I did things right or did things Mm -hmm. wrong. And I think through being able to reflect on it, I was able to take a lot of pieces and feel validated in the way that I did handle the scenario. And, um, so as I've moved on and I've had more experiences with talking to people, I know a lot of people on my new campus will come to me and say, how do I word this? You're great with wording things. You're great at explaining things to people. Can you help me word it and explain it? So I think that that's kind of a strength of mine yeah. is being able to keep it calm, keep it very level. Mm-hmm. And I think that's through working with so many different parents and teachers and yeah. kiddos through scenarios and having to be that calm yep. person. And, you know, once they've left the room and they're, and they're gone, you can take your moment. You're like, okay, I'm good. We're good. Um, but I think that keeping that even tempo is so important because then you don't have the, the crumbling chaos that comes yeah. from it. And so being very clear and very concise in what I'm saying, sometimes it's not as many words as I might use normally, but as long as the message is clear mm-hmm. and then we can move on from there. I think that's one of the biggest things is just. Yeah you know, letting everybody see the calm. And then in my mind, I'm thinking about the 600 ways that this could go wrong. And (laughs) I may have to tweak this and change that, but that's okay. But what everybody else sees is the, the, the calm part of it. And it's, and it's one of those things too, that I don't know if it's necessarily like a light switch, a light switch leadership skill that you can just kind of like turn on one day and be like, I think I'm just going to be more poised. Like, I really Mm -hmm. think you're right when it just comes through the experience of unfortunately, campus administrators have to have a lot of crucial conversations. And I remember those same things like, oh yeah, I got this. I was a coach. I was a teacher. I could do this. And then you get the really angry parent and all of a sudden you're like, okay, I don't have these conversations happen in my personal life like Mm -hmm. this. I don't pick up the phone and people are screaming at me and that that'll tap in any human instinct. Like your heart starts racing a little bit. You're trying to stay calm. This person might be using some choice non-loving words towards you. And then you're like literally thinking through this conflict resolution and you need to stay calm and poised in order for it to stay professional. So I agree with you. I think it just comes with the different types of experience that you get through the years. And, and then think, all of a sudden it feels easier. And I think listening to other people have those kinds of conversations. Yeah. So I know when I was an assistant principal, I would go in and listen with my principal when she was having the yeah. conversations. And so hearing somebody else go through it, you're like, okay, I, I kind of do that, but I could do this better. Yes. And so having, we would sit in on each other's conversations sometimes when we knew it was going to be kind of a tumultuous thing. And it was really nice because then we could give each other feedback. Hey, you did a great job. You stayed calm that whole time. I wouldn't get to change anything. Or, you know, I could see that you're starting to get a little bit frustrated. Mm-hmm. It's okay to end the call if you need to, or, you know, take a break. Hang on. I, I've got somebody at my door. Can I put you on hold for a second? Um, just those little, let me take myself back down moments. And, um, and that's what I'm trying to do now with my assistant principal is let her sit in and hear those conversations yep. because that's something she'll give me, she'll tell me all the time. How do you have that conversation? Yeah. How do you remain so calm all the time? And I was like, well, it's just through, it's just through doing it every day and through having to 
talk parents down and get them down to mm-hmm. where they can understand you because a lot of times when they do call they're in the red zone mm-hmm. and you're not going to get anywhere in the red zone mm-hmm. you've got to talk about something that's going to help them come down same with a teacher who's feeling very overwhelmed or very pressured or not feeling supported mm-hmm. you've got to meet them where they are and then get to where the, the conclusion is where you need to get them at the end but you've got to meet everybody where they are and then get them to what level they should be at well and really and, and i know we've talked about this recently i've always been obsessed with like corporate ideas and education because I think there's so much bridge obviously there's a little bit of difference when you think about the context but customer service like Mm -hmm. you think about these like amazing customer service professionals when you call and you're you know you've been shortchanged on a bill and no one will listen to you and you've been transferred 15 times but you finally get the good person Uh, I was grossly mischarged for something six months ago and I dealt with this insurance company for six full months and everyone would not return my calls and emails it was just so exasperating but then I got the vice president of the company literally within a week and a half she resolved the whole thing sent me a check for what the miscalculation was and called it a day and when I think about that she was dealing with someone who dealt with this for six months but she was so poised and like we can do that same thing with parents stakeholders community members teachers etc I think you're right just coming to the to a level and humanizing the situation can also make it more of a poised situation as well. For sure. And we're all trying to get to the same goal. We all want to have the situation resolved. And um, I've always, you know, told teachers, are you going to get there by being aggressive back? Mm -hmm. Are you going to get there by being defensive? No, you're not going to get there by that. And my dad and I have many conversations. He was in kind of a management role in his company. And so we'll talk about different things. He's like, Oh, I had one of those conversations Mm -hmm. with that. No, I had to do that too. And so, there is a lot of overlap in leadership roles, no matter what um, realm you're in. And so I think it's just figuring out what the problem is and then having that solution oriented mind. I think that's kind of a strength of mind as well. I'm very, okay, here's the problem we need to fix it. Here's Mm -hmm. the problem we need to fix it. Mm -hmm. And I, I like, I've always told my teachers, you know, when you come to me with a problem, have some kind of solution that you would like to have, because if you just come to me with a problem, then I'm going to help you come up with a solution or I'm going to propose a solution that may not be what you're looking for. And so I always tell them, you know, solution oriented mind when you're coming to me and I will work with you, we will get there. And that's kind of when I talk to the parents, um, when I talk to parents, staff members, kids, I'm like, okay, well, what happened? And what would you like to see the outcome be? And so just really trying to figure out where are they going with this? And then, okay, I see where you're coming from. And yes, we can do that. Or I see where you're coming from, but here's why we have to keep it this way. Yep. And just keeping it very transparent for them to see all sides of And it. I think too, just validating them. I remember mm-hmm. when I be, when I became the associate at Kane, I was fielding a lot of calls about, not a ton, it's a great school, but I was the CNI. So I felt fielded the calls about teachers in classrooms. And, and these parents would be like, I'm sorry, I'm calling. I'm sorry, I'm upset. I'm like, don't apologize. Mm-hmm. Like, this is your child. First, let me just hear. Yeah, if that is, if that is true, that's not okay. So mm-hmm. let's let's just look at and see. Let's look at the situation, see if it's real, all the things. But yeah, I just think that the validation too helps when people just want to be heard. And <laughs> it's that, it that advocate. I tell parents all the time when they mm-hmm. call me, and they're like, "Well, I feel like this is silly." I'm like, "No, you're advocating for yeah. your child mm-hmm. because again, we're working in a K five school. They're not all great at advocating yeah. for themselves and their needs, and so the parent is the advocate. Mm-hmm. And so when we have parents that come and talk to anybody in the front office or an administration, I tell them, you know, we are a customer service industry. That's what teaching is because our customers are our students and our families and our community. And so you kind of have to approach it from that mindset of I'm here to serve and 
you know, when you have that customer who comes in and maybe they're not getting what they want out of it, it's okay to, you know, advocate for yourself and say, I understand you're frustrated. Can we schedule a time to sit Mm -hmm. down and talk about this? You know, I have a solution. Here's my solution. So you approach every conversation as if I'm just trying to be that customer service support for you and how can I help? And so I think that's the way I approach my conversations is through that lens. And so I'm empowering everyone else to approach it through that way as well. And it's like you get conditioned because I've worked for a supervisor who was very much like that. I'd be like, this is the challenge that we're having. What's the solution? I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) I mean, I did that as an administrator, but now you're asking me that question. And now it's so funny because in my personal life, I find myself doing that. Mm -hmm. Like if I call a company and I have a question, I'm like, and the solution. And I'm like, oh gosh, (laughs) I'm doing this. But you got get conditioned to know, Mm -hmm. like, if you have a complaint or there's a challenge, then to, to follow it up with, here's a solution. And hey, here's how I can support the solution. You let me know what we got to do here. But this is the end goal. So it's just funny. I catch myself doing that a little bit in my personal life. I'm like, I do have my you know, like, yeah, hey, here's exactly. the problem. And then here's the solution. I'm just going to say with my sister or like, yeah. here's what the situation is. This is how we need to fix it. Mm-hmm. So that's so funny. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's all the educational parts. So I'm going to go okay. into just a little bit of a couple of personal questions that are my favorite oh, parts nice. too. So what is one favorite thing in general, right? now and it doesn't have to be work related or education related but it can be if you want it to okay i know i know just one thing in life one thing in life that i'm excited about yeah like i'm gonna do something stupid because i'll just i'll help let me model this for you yeah these heb sweetened sparkling (laughs) water beverages if you're listening right now and you live in Houston, you need to go get this. I don't like sparkling water okay okay but one of the secretaries brought this up here and it's changing my life and it's zero calories See, it doesn't have to be work-related. Okay. So, but if I would have seen these in the store, I wouldn't have bought it because sometimes these sparkling water cans lie to you. And they say they're sweetened and then it still tastes like burnt water. So, okay. So that's my example. Okay. Everybody needs to drink that. I would say that there's actually quite a few things, but okay. I'll try to pick a couple. So I'd say personal life, we're taking my daughter to Disney. I'm oh, so yay. excited. So we've never been to Disney. So excited. I'm really excited. So yeah. that is where my head has been in all this. Planning. When are you going? Over our fall break oh, in October. Yes, so do it. That's she is awesome. so excited. She's like picking out all yeah, these princess costumes. Of course. And so it's like me living my childhood yes. through her. 100%. And um, we're making all these shirts and having yes. so much fun. So I'd say that's something that I'm really excited okay. about right now. And I think that just work-wise, because I think that there's a lot of exciting things happening there. And it's such a big part mm-hmm. of my journey this year being new and coming in is just, I'm so excited for the potential that we're going to have this year. And so I, I keep saying, you know, let's try this and let's try that. And everyone's willing to just jump in. And I'm so excited that I have so many people who are like, yes, let's try. They're not afraid to fail. They're not afraid to uh, try something new and then have it not work. They're like, yes, let's do it. Let's just, let's try all yeah. these things. And it's so like invigorating it's just lighting this fire and I'm so excited to find new things to bring and so it's kind of refresh my whole mindset on what I'm doing in my role and being a leader and it's I'm bringing all these exciting things and challenges and the teachers are so excited that I'm in the school and I'm a part of it and I'm you know, I bought a turkey, dress up turkey costume. That's probably one of my favorite things is I get to dress up in all these costumes. <laughs> I did, we did national cheese pizza Halloween day. every day. Yeah. So we did national cheese pizza day and I dressed up in a giant pizza yes, you poncho. Did. Yes, you did. It was super fun. And I did trivia all day Aww, for the teachers. Yeah, and so I'm fine. I'm getting to find ways to celebrate teachers that I did not have the opportunity to do, to do yeah. before. And as a teacher, I loved it when yeah. people recognized how hard we worked. Mm-hmm. And so now I get to do that in my capacity. So I'm constantly following people on Instagram mm-hmm. and finding all these cool things that we can do to celebrate mm-hmm. our teachers because they do 
such a thankless job yeah. and it's just so exciting to do every day. Yeah, so that's cool. That's my, that's okay, like my you blew mine out of the water. I just want to make a side note. My sparkling water was an example and it was minor. Okay. I have way more exciting things going on in my life, but it's not about me today. It's about you. Right? That's okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Last question. Uh, favorite book. And if you're not a reader, a favorite like article or topic or PD session or podcast that you've listened to lately. Okay. Um, it doesn't um, have to be work related, but it can be just so one. I, Non-work related. Okay. I've been reading, um, is it Where the Crawdads? Oh, yeah. Yes. I haven't read it. So I bought the book. So I was like, I'm going to watch. I'm going to read this before the movie. Okay. Well, you know, that didn't no, happen it's because not happen. life. Mm-hmm. And so um, that is one that it's sitting on my nightstand. And so I've been doing this the 75 Soft Challenge. Have you oh, seen that that's out? I and did so see it. It's, you're supposed soft. to read 10 pages yes. of a book a night. And so I'm really trying to make sure I read something that's not <laughs> school related and just kind of also appreciate whoever else. created 75 soft <laughs> yeah because we all want to do 75 hard but we have full-time jobs and yeah. families and personal lives so thank you for the 75 soft creator. yes because that is <laughs> way more realistic yeah. still a little unrealistic but more realistic but pieces of it yes. can totally be done and so I've, I've been trying to read that and so that's been my passion yeah. book and then um i'm really heavily and super interested in um special education and how we can help grow that with our teachers and empower our teachers Mm -hmm. and really just do what's best for kids. Because I think that that's an evolution of how do we support our students who are in special education. Mm -hmm. And so I've been working a lot with a consultant and asking for support and working with different things. And so she's been sending me all of these articles and um, there's one that's the power of myth and it's all about myths that come with special education and what we used to think is and what we truly need to do. And um, I think that that's a passion of mine is really making sure that all of our students are getting what they need and how can we support them in a different way. And so just being creative and getting all of these different ideas about how to support our um, students receive special education services. And so that's kind of my school part. And then I also have a book that I'm trying to to read. It's on effective leadership and how can I approach something as an effective leader and not come in and make teachers feel like I'm taking over and changing everything. How can I approach it in a different way? Yeah, I love that. Well, that concludes our episode. <laughs> You're the first one for the 22-23 school year. I know, I'm so excited. <laughs> Definitely wanted to have a new new leader, not new to leadership, but new principal on the podcast. And we're so excited to see what you do in the district as one of our new principals and at Mueller. And I've just really, uh, I've learned from this conversation. I hope all of our listeners have too. So thank you for coming and taking time out of your busy schedule to record this episode. Yes, ma'am. Thanks for having me. Okay, bye. hope you're leaving this episode reflecting on how you lead your people, whether that's adults, students, or both. Being a new leader can be a challenge, but it's always important to stay connected to your people and serve them with authenticity and empowerment. Until next time, here's to taking your learning to transform the world.